0: et les
1: Qu'est-ce que c'est que c'est ça? Parce que ça caille aujourd'hui. Ça caille tous les Sacré bleu, c'est le jour de la marmotte. Josh? Josh Walsh? Et
0: c'est toi? Tu suis Paul Austin, ça va? Ouais. NON!
1: C'est le jour de la marmotte! De vous les morts, y'en a marre les mottes! oui, 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 oui Do a bit of a crass plan, then. Have you got anything?
0: Yeah, sure. I've got I've got quite a bit this week. Um, I've,
1: I've got one thing, really. I mean, it's it's a bit okay. lengthy, but but it's you know we could be through that pretty quickly, to be honest with you.
0: Okay, that's fine. Well, I'll, I'll well I'll do my question time. Um, do you want to do your thing after?
1: Yeah, I'll just get it out of the way. I think.
0: Cool. I've got well, we've I've had some crass correspondence. I've got a couple of things telling me mm. a film and a show. Yeah. Um. I've got a Crass Oddity. I think I'll maybe put that before Crass telly. Oddity's
1: back. Right, okay. Crass Oddity's
0: back. Um, I've got an eBay Adventures. Uh, you bought, oh right, got, you've got one. I have, yeah, um, and it's a proper one this time. Uh, I've also got. <laughs> uh,
1: <What> is, that's <laughs> passive aggressive, isn't it?
0: No, I was talking. You no because I did the one before, and you got Aggie with me because it was. like
1: uh, I thought you were referring. It was Lonely to Hearts, Hearts Club
0: it. in disguise.
1: Oh, uh, what? Well, yeah. I thought you were referring to the... I'm not the having Belgian a go, mate. I'm not, not having
0: week. a go. We've not even started yet. I don't know. Um, and I've got uh a chapter of autobiography. Bringing that back. Good. Um, so, yeah. Cool. But do you really want to um, start it, then? But you oh, it's me that starts it. Shit. Yeah. Nope. Sorry. I forgot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what episode is it? Um, oh, shite. Um,
1: it's... Oh,
0: every week. Is it nine? No. I feel like I'm sure it was eight last week. Um It is nine
1: Hang on Uh yeah it is nine <laughs> it is nine.
0: Fuck I knew it. Hello and welcome back to Crass Series five episode nine. I'm Paul Austin. And I'm George Walsh. George as always like to start the show by asking you a question. It's yes. Paul's question time. Paul's question time.
1: Paul's question time.
0: Do you reckon the compare the market meerkats are pushing their luck at this point?
1: Oh, I think they've gone well beyond pushing their luck.
0: I think so. Yeah. That advert in the cinema really pisses me off Where they've got like where they go into like a a fake, like, Marvel movie, and they're in, like, fuck off. Yeah. They're not long. They've got, they've not got long, surely.
1: I mean, I, I'm astonished they're still around. And I, yes. I also am confused by the kind of logistics of what's happening, because originally they first came to our attention, those meerkats, because uh, they wanted to inform us that their website wasn't the insurance website. Yeah. At what point did they transition across to sort of spokespeople, spokesmeerkats for for the insurance company? Have we itself? done this but
0: bit of material on Crass before? I think we might have. <laughs> Let's get out of here yeah. quick. Let's fuck it. Yeah. That's it, Paul's question, time over. Yeah,
1: they're pushing the luck. They're pushing the luck.
0: Good, there you go.
1: Fuck right, is. so I mentioned, shall I get onto to my, my book yeah, it. Get it out of the way. So a few weeks ago, I think I alluded to um, a travel diary that I'd written. About my recent trip yes. to Paris. Well, I've I, uh, I finally got it finished, so I thought I I could share that with you and the listeners now. Cool, so brilliant. It's mon vacance au Paris. That's my holiday to Paris. Thanks. <laughs> but <of> French music. <laughs> 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 I could go into it. <laughs>
0: French music.
1: Première partie, dimanche. I recently decided to take a spontaneous trip to Paris for the weekend. However, the COVID-19 global pandemic hit, putting my plans on hold for the best part of two years. (laughs) All my life I've dreamed of going to the French capital, but now I find myself en route à Paris, more for the sake of it, out of a genuine passion for the place. Wait a minute, hang on. I hang, on. Like... hang on, George. Yeah.
0: You said you've always dreamed yeah.
1: of going to Paris. You've been to Paris before, yeah. haven't you? i I think I've been three times before this. You know. why are you saying in the so, travelogue
0: then that you have only been once? Well,
1: because I'd not I hadn't written a travelogue for those other three times, so I thought I could get away with it. I thought if oh, I could sell okay. this as
0: Alright. Well I'm not you gonna tell I'm not gonna interrupt you again. I just felt like Okay. I need a clarification no, I, uh, on yeah. that bit. Sorry, yeah. carry
1: on. Yeah, Unoffic- like, officially, yeah, I've been before. But for this, I'm just lying, basically, <laughs> that it's the first time. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay. Can I go on with the rest of it?
0: Yeah, no, go for it. Okay.
1: I normally like to plan things in advance to a certain degree, knowing details such as flights, hotel reservations and the like, sometimes as far as two weeks in advance. But the rescheduling of this particular trip was done spontaneously and recently and after nearly two years of consideration. As such, I hadn't considered the measured I'd actually have to take when I finally arrived in France. But come on, I'm double jabbed, so this should be a cakewalk. I did know that I'd have to book a series of Covid tests to be taken both in France and upon my arrival back to Blighty what I didn't know was that the rules had actually changed and I'd ended up spending 200 some odd pounds on tests I didn't need to take anymore. Boots would have had me covered for a score. Thanks Boris Johnson. Thanks Big Farmer. My trip commenced with a mega bus down to London. Yes, I would have flown, but Jet 2 don't do direct flights to Paris anymore from Manchester. Thanks, Greta Thunberg. <laughs> Fortunately, Tesco allow you to cash in their otherwise worthless club card points in for discounts on Megabus tickets. Unfortunately, I couldn't find my club card and I couldn't be bothered looking for it, so I just paid full price for it. £36.95 pence plus a booking fee. Seemed reasonable. After seven bumpy hours down the British motorways, thanks Margaret Thatcher, thanks New Labour, I arrived at Victoria Coach Station at 1pm. Got an Uber to St Pancreas, only to discover that I had in fact missed my connection. The 1131 <laughs> Eurostar to Paris du Nord had already left, unfortunately. Had to book okay. another ticket last minute in the concourse. It was an impulse buy, but £79 seemed reasonable to me. Jesus Christ. I don't mind acting on impulse if I'm a bit late like this, like I was this time. I'd rather be three hours late than five minutes early. Time spent waiting is time you don't get to spend down the boozer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. Well... I know I'm interrupting again, but like, what's going on with you here, George? Because, like. (laughs) (laughs) You just mentioned the club cards and it was irrelevant. (laughs) I mean. (laughs) No, carry on, carry
1: on. I'll let you carry on. Going through the customs, the French border police kept asking me for a declaration d'honneur. I don't know anyone called Donna, I insisted countless times, maybe twice, until he eventually spoke in proper English. He wanted my sworn statement, I gave it him. He mumbled something about the address being filled in wrong, but he let me through unfingered. Spent the time before the train in the duty-free looking at all the booze. They had some gin, and whiskey, and vodka, and port, and wine, and vermouth, and Aperol, and tequila, and champagne, all sorts. I bought a few bottles of Bombay Sapphire, with the duty fees discounted. £27 apiece seemed reasonable. Spent so much time looking at all the booze that I nearly missed the train, but fortunately I made it up the escalators just in the nick. Squeezed through the doors, squeezed my case into a tight gap in the rack, then looked for my seat. When I got to my seat, there was a big bloke with a beer gut like you wouldn't believe. Next to him was this gorgeous French girl, you know the type. What was she doing with him? I asked him to vacate the seat, which was mine. He told me that it was his. I rummaged through the gin bottles to retrieve my ticket. He dipped a bear's claw of a hand into his jacket pocket for his ticket. His ticket said carriage five, seat seven. Mine said carriage seven, seat five. I realised my mistake, then went from carriage five to carriage seven. I pulled my case out from the rack like Arthur pulling the sword from the stone. And this was followed by a loud crash of about a dozen other cases hitting the floor. Nobody noticed, so I scarped sharpish. i haven't even
0: got to France yet.
1: No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> After a tedious two hours plus on the train, the Wi-Fi was abysmal. Neither Putlocker nor hub would load properly. I eventually arrived in Paris. Gay Paris! Though not too gay, I hoped, as I thought I might use the time to go on the pull. If fatty wrong seats can attract a high-class French sort, then so could I. The cab rank was rammed at Gare du Nord, so I headed out a different way and booked an Uber to my hotel, which was just a short and pleasant walk away around the corner. The driver didn't make small talk, instead preferring his Trans Club Classics CD. This was a shame, as I'd hoped for an opportunity to show off my natural flair for Le langage de French, i reckon you could drop me in any country and i'd be talking the language in no time the driver took a scenic route through some of paris's iconic streets 36 euros seemed reasonable check-in was a breeze i'd done most of the legwork online in advance so all that i had to do was pick up my keys and i'd be off to my room the hotel you choose can literally make or break your overseas getaway if you drop a bollock on booking.com you'll pay the price later Fortunately, my room was charming. Now, I know that's usually real estate speak for pokey, but it wasn't at all. Though I will say that the ascenseur or lift, was coffin-sized. Dropped the bags off and headed out into the Parisian night, but not before asking the receptionist where the nearest bar was. I cracked open my mental phrasebook. Où est le bar au proxime? The receptionist replied, at 70 miles per hour, or should that be 112.654 kilometres per hour? <laughs> okay. I think he was a bit simple. Nodded politely, then just googled it instead. There was a nice-looking bar, five minutes' walk from the hotel. Got an Uber there, 16 euros. <laughs> seemed reasonable. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'd been in Paris about an hour, maybe more. 90 minutes. And I had one thing on my mind and one thing only, and that was sinking my teeth into a nice French bird. Can't remember what it was, but it came on the bone with salad and a side dish of salad potatoes. Had a few pints of lager to wash it down with anyway. Not the salad part though, obviously. The bill came, 53 euros. It seemed reasonable, so I paid without hesitation. Wish I'd made a mental note of that place, as it was really nice and the beer was cheap. It was a bit like piss, but I suppose that's just European beer for you. (laughs) My favourite beer is Budweiser, king of beers. (laughs) (laughs) I must pause for a fast moment to talk about COVID protocols in Paris. Mm. I found it fascinating, absolutely fascinating that almost every bar, cafe, restaurant, boulangerie, patisserie, fromagerie, brasserie, (laughs) shop, etc., in the French capital, ask to see your pass sanitaire. Basically that QR code thing that the NHS assign you, before they'll let you through the door. I really appreciated why they did this, even if it did mean having to remove my mandatory face mask to unlock my phone, put the face mask back on because it's mandatory, load up the QR code, have the brightness turned up, and then present it to the necessary staff. They should definitely implement something similar here in the UK. Although I'm fairly sure they tried to, but the general population just weren't having it for some reason. I don't know. (laughs) Was knackered by this point, so decided to head back to the digs. Couldn't face the walk back, so cracked out my cell. Remove mask, face ID, replace mask, scroll, tap, tap, Uber. Eight (laughs) minutes later, my ride arrives. A further seven minutes worth of sand falls through the hourglass that is time. 24 euros. pre du Serge seemed reasonable. Hit the sack. Thought again about the sexy woman from the train, then got off, before getting off to sleep. <laughs> Fucking hell. Deuxième partie, lundi. My alarm went off at 10am. Hit snooze another dozen or so times before eventually waking up to find the woman from the train lying next to me in my bed. Bonjour, sexy, she said to me in a seductive, breathy French voice. Voix de la Française sans soufflé. Was this a gin and beer-soaked hangover hallucination? It was. Or was she really here with me? She wasn't, as I had just established earlier in the writing. I didn't question it, nor the potential track and trace issues that may have arisen from such an encounter. I just accepted that I had with me an attractive new companion with hips in all the right places. Her name was Celine because it was my fantasy. And that's what Julia Delpe's called in Before Sunshine. All right. after showering together me and Celine toweled each other off got dressed and made for the town as it was nearly 2pm I made an attempt to use the iron but lost my rag with it when it pissed water all over my shirt as well as saturating the chair I was using in place of an ironing board not only was I a bit soggy but I was also awful creased But I didn't mind because I had my imaginary French girlfriend to take my mind off my troubles. (laughs) Having company with me, I decided to book a river cruise lunch package on my phone. A lot of tourists might not realise this, but running through Paris is the River Seine. And there are plenty of river cruise lunch packages that seem to be quite popular with the locals. The next slot was at half two, but the bit of river where you get on the boat... I'm sure there's a word for this. It was a good hour's walk away from the hotel. Celine suggested that I just book a slot for dinner instead allowing us to have a nice walk around Paris first before arriving at the boat boarding platform thing. There is a word for this, I'm sure. <laughs> I told her that it would be better to get on and off the boat as quickly as possible in order to give us enough time to get down the pub and that I didn't want to fritter away the day poncing about the city waiting for 7 o'clock to come round. I got my phone out and booked an Uber before my fictional foreign girlfriend could argue back with me. Turns out she didn't want to argue back as she was quite meek minutes later, our ride had arrived. The Uber got down to the riverbank with literally seconds to spare. 19 euros seemed reasonable. As we ran up the big metal plank thing onto the boat, a porter or something tried to stop us, shouting something in comical French. I waved my watch at him and said, Je suis mon temps très plus. That shut him up. (laughs) <laughs> we sat down on the boat and melted into relaxation as the great river vessel wound its way along the Seine under all the fabulously architected bridges. Pont de l'Alma, Pont des Invalides, Pont Alexandre III, Pont de la Concorde, Passerelle Leopold Sedar Pont Royal, Pont du Carrousel, Pont des Arts, Pont Neuf, Pont Saint Michel, Petit Pont, Pont au Double, Pont de l'Arche Pont de la Tournelle on Sully and others we (laughs) ate a delicious three course meal with a couple of full bodied bottles of red wine vin rouge turns out Celine is a teetotaler so I had to polish off both bottles I've had worse (laughs) afternoons can't remember much about the food I think I had some sort of soup or stew thing to start a summer some meaty thing for a main maybe a leg or something it was in a sauce or other I can't remember and a chocolate pudding with some hazelnuts sprinkled on top for afters No idea what Celine had. I want to say raw fish, but I can't actually recollect for sure. But here's the lowdown on raw fish. It's better cooked. We disembarked the boat near Notre Dame. Celine suggested that we take a look at the world's most famous cathedral, but I said that it would be packed with tourists, and it would ultimately be a disappointment. (laughs) We walked by the famous Shakespeare and Company. We would have had a look round, but I think reading is a waste of time. Yes! (laughs) I did read a hundred books in a year last year, but that was only really so that I could say that I read a hundred books in a year last year to anyone who threatened me on an intellectual level. Check my Goodreads if you don't believe me. (laughs) But yeah, books are rubbish and long and boring and take time away from the pub. Besides, all the books would be in French anyway. Pointless excursion. (laughs) Céline and I dived into a bar around the corner and I got the beers in, again forgetting that celine doesn't drink. More for me. (laughs) Celine sat there looking like she was at a bit of a loose end. She'd never looked prettier. Maybe it's the passive quality that bored-looking women have that's just such a big turn-on for me. (laughs) We're like two sides of the same coin, me and Celine. Yin and yang, both contradictory and complementary in equal measure. Up and down, black and white, Simon and Garfunkel, (laughs) sister sledge. Eventually she leaned over and said... (laughs) Eventually, she leaned over and said, why don't we take a stroll through the Latin Quarter and just take in some of the city? I suggested we head back to the hotel so that I could fill her eclair with creme anglaise. Booked an Uber, 29 euros. Seemed reasonable. After Congress was achieved, we were feeling a bit peckish again. Besides, it had been a full 40 minutes since I was last within tasting distance of some booze. I fancied eating out, but Céline suggested going to a restaurant instead. She wanted to take a nice early evening stroll, and I decided on this occasion to concede. Just two doors down from the hotel was a charming little restaurant. Once again, I thoughtlessly ordered a bottle of wine without thinking. Of course, it'd only be me drinking it, not that I'm complaining. Céline decided to sample some of the local delicacies. Though with her being French, I'm not entirely sure to what extent she was actually trying anything new. As far as snails, frogs' legs and the rest of that shit was concerned, I wasn't interested. So I just stuck with a cheeseburger. 31 euros. Came with chips. Seemed reasonable. Got a dessert as well, but I can't fucking remember what that was now. Something with cream or with caramel or
0: something...
1: Post-ingesting of local cuisine, we decided to explore the city. However, both myself and Celine have very different ideas of exploring the city. For her, this meant a nice stroll down by the Seine, maybe or perhaps taking the metro across the city, emerging from the ground and seeing some of the sights Paris has to offer in the moonlight. As for me, well, my idea of exploring is finding a nice little corner in a nearby bar and sitting there all night on the piss. On this occasion, I compromised, listening to my imaginary better half. i was in paris and (laughs) we decided to take a metro across the city to montmartre the journey itself was largely uneventful, but whilst chatting with my fictitious French girlfriend, Céline, it occurred to me that <laughs> I could create a Parisian spin-off of my ever-popular crass feature, Fucking Tube out. Tales, perhaps <laughs> called Metro Memoirs. Céline agreed that this idea was brilliant, and then the awesome. two of us sat for the rest of the journey in silence, waiting <laughs> for something to happen. <laughs> Unfortunately, nothing did happen. We might save this idea, however, for our memoirs. Oh! Oh! I forgot to mention, whilst on the Metro, me and Céline discussed plans to write our own memoirs, (laughs) sort of a semi-autobiographical account of our time together in Paris. (laughs) I fancy myself as a bit of a writer. Hell, let's just be honest, I just fancy myself, period. (laughs) And based on how good the poems she wrote as a teenager are, it just makes sense for me and Céline to write together. (laughs) We already have a title, suggested by Céline from the famous French idiom, Du gout du même robinet, in translation, two drips from the same (laughs) tack. We emerged from the subterranean underground transport system like moles, climbing the steps to find an endless stream of titty bars, nudie clubs and sex shops. Result! This was it, the home of the 25 cent peep show. I wanted to stay and cruise for a bit of action, especially at these prices, but alas, Celine wasn't keen. She insisted we make use of our Navigo easy passes, 16 euros 90 each for the pass, plus 10 journeys, irrespective of the length of the journey on the metro. It seemed a bit unreasonable to me. <laughs> wow. But I was already booking the Uber. It's too late, Celine, I've booked it now. Do you want me to be charged un fee de la consolation? Huh? Huh? <laughs> she just gave a shrug. Our Uber took us from Montmartre to the Eiffel Tower. 53 euros. Seemed reasonable. <laughs> I was struck immediately upon departing our moonlit carriage of convenience by the number of Parisians just... Well, enjoying their evenings, enjoying the city, the river, music, wine. Just enjoying life, la vie en France et la belle. No chance of violence erupting like there would be back in England. Someone <laughs> would probably nick your iPhone before kicking you into the river, just for the classic <laughs> bants and sheer lols. Twats. By the bridge over the Seine, there was a little crepe stall selling the delicate French pancakes, as well as cronuts, which is sort of a croissant donut combination pastry, and churros for a modest amount of coin. I had two crepes, three cronuts, and a horn of churros All smothered in an absolute fucking ton of Nutella And I don't mean one of your namby-pamby euro tons I mean a good old-fashioned imperial British ton (laughs) Cost another 53 euros Seemed reasonable, though Celine didn't think so She chimed in that you could get better quality crepes In less tourist trappy spots than this for a fraction of the cost I had to disagree I didn't think this was a tourist trap if anything, this was one of Paris's hidden delights that most tourists miss out on. Eating crepes underneath the Eiffel Tower and a blanket of French stars, some of which were light bulbs running the full length up to the top of the tower, flickering like little bubbles in a bottle of Budweiser, the king of beers. There were lots of people around, but they weren't tourists. They were all French folk just enjoying the night. By this point in the evening, Celine was starting to get on my tits a little bit. She always seemed to have a look on her face or a little point to make about how this trip could be a bit more economical or a bit more cultural or whatever. I tried to tune her out, you know, but there was the expression on her face again when I gave one of the many guys on the street 20 euros for a bottle of wine. She didn't say it aloud, but I heard her voice say, You could have got the same bottle for a fraction of the price at Carrefour round the corner or the Monoprix. It's not your money. It's not your wine. Why do you care? We sat down on the big grass verge in front of the Eiffel Tower, and I drank straight from the bottle like a wino. Red, white, I can't remember now. What I do remember is gazing up at Céline. I'd never felt so Parisian in my life. This was it, the perfect moment. Céline's eyes met mine, and we both felt the same thing a warmth from within, yet also between us. We snogged like mad for what felt like hours, before getting off, slinging the empty into the darkness and booking an Uber back to the hotel. (laughs) 53 euros again, seemed reasonable. Back in the room, I put the rest of my quickly depleting currency into the safe before any more of it could evaporate. I set... I set the combination to the date of mine and Celine's anniversary, which was today's date. <laughs> While Celine got ready for bed, I turned the television set on and had a flick through the channels before eventually settling on Wheeler Dealers, a British programme about buying second hand cars, doing them up and selling them on for a profit, dubbed into French.
0: Dubbed into
1: French. It occurred to me that no matter where you are in the world, hotels always mount their TVs to the wall slightly too high up. Why is that? My musings were interrupted and boy, I was glad that they were. Celine emerged from the bathroom wearing unbelievably sexy lingerie. I'm talking Victoria's Secret sort of gear. She sauntered over and the two of us made use of it. I used my tongue to unhook Celine's Brazier, a party trick of mine, and my teeth to pull down her thong, another party trick of mine. And she peeled the clothes off my back and took control. The tension and frustration I felt earlier was really starting to pay off. But I didn't want it to pay off too quickly, if you know what I mean. Basically, I didn't want to come yet. As Celine was riding me, I would occasionally catch a glimpse of Wheeler Dealers over her left shoulder, and this helped to prevent me from orgasm. The sight of cheeky cockney-wide boy Mike Brewer taking a 1992 Lexus LS400 for a test drive or resident mechanic Ed China upgrading the headlamps to high-intensity discharge lamps was working wonders in keeping me from shooting my load. However celine increased her riding speed and this combined with her erotic parisian moaning led to a high intensity discharge of my own unfortunately my gaze was not on the unbelievably glamorous woman enjoying every millimeter of hard-on i had to offer her but was on the 22 inch television screen upon which ed china told mike brewer about the lexus's squeaky suspension in french i shifted my gaze back to celine who hadn't noticed that my attention was momentarily elsewhere When she looked back at me, I thanked God that I was alive. This was a night I'd cherish forever. It wasn't just a good night, it was a great one. And a great fuck, too. It was a night that I'll never forget, concluding a day that I'd never forget. Troisième partie, mardi. When I woke up at half eleven the next morning, Céline was gone. No, I hadn't completely sobered up from yesterday's drinking. She'd merely popped out for an early breakfast. It was a bit of a shame as I was hoping for a repeat of yesterday morning, all wet and wild in the incredibly spacious shower. Instead, I showered solo, and after I'd finished telling off and talcum powdering all the essentials, Céline had already returned to me. I found her genuflecting by the bed. I thought, hello. But the reality was that she was kneeling over the chair using the iron. And unlike my woeful performance with yesterday's shirt, she was managing to iron her dress sans issue. I admired her silently. She was a natural beauty and the way she worked those creases was magic. Bonjour, sexy, I said, breaking the silence I'd maintained just a few moments earlier, as well as cleverly mirroring her first words to me yesterday morning. This took Celine by surprise, and she caught her hand on the edge of the iron. We rushed over to the sink in the bathroom to run the burn under cold water. In those moments, her fragility really struck a chord with me. Here she was, a delicate angel, a figment of my imagination, and here I was to help her. There was also, I must admit, a small voice, just a small one, in the distant, darkest recesses of my psyche, chuckling and muttering, See, little Miss Perfect can't use the iron either. It was a small and shameful, but ultimately moral victory that I'd simply have to move past if I were to enjoy the rest of my holiday. Dressed and out the door, we made for one of the many art galleries Paris has to offer. One of the things many tourists might not know about Paris is that it's something of a hotbed for art and culture. <laughs> and one of its hidden gems is the Musée de Louvre, or Louvre for short. I'm something of a Renaissance man myself, not literally of course, and a big lover of art. Like, huge art fan. Love art. For me, the only thing that can beat a good painting is a half-decent boozer. And my (laughs) favourite painter in all the world is Van Gogh. I love the swirly bits he used to do. Sadly, it took 30 minutes in an Uber, 20 euro, seemed reasonable, and literally hours in the queue to find that there were no paintings by Van Gogh in the Louvre at all. Fuck's sake. (laughs) It was full of old shit. I'm talking Greek and Roman statues and Egyptian pots and scarabs. Who wants to spend the day looking at fucking scarabs all day? (laughs) And upstairs was no better. It was all old-fashioned stuff up there as well. The so-called old masters. Wankers like da Vinci and his ilk. Speaking of, I saw the Mona Lisa in a word, crap. If you're going to put a big glass pyramid out front, you ought to showcase some modern art. Céline said that I'd probably have preferred the Pompidou Centre, but I'd been soured on the idea of traipsing across Paris looking for some decent paintings by this point. No, what I needed more than anything was a pint. The day was wasted thus far. The Louvre didn't even have a bar. (laughs) And the only way to recover it was to get a bit of Scran and a good drink. I was just about to book an Uber when Céline pointed out a really lovely looking cafe by the Louvre. We took the short walk over the road and took a table. I ordered a croque monsieur and a pint. The waiter, who was a bit friendly, he put his arm around Céline once or twice and patted my ass as I sat down. <laughs> Told me that they don't do pints. <laughs> what? <laughs> What? No beer? Quoi? Non je ne beer rien? He said that they had beer, but not in pints. It's Europe, innit? So it's all metric. <laughs> it's Europe, innit? So it's all metric. Fine, I'll have a litre. Celine ordered a baguette coated in her favourite thing in the world. Apart from Nando's, I imagine she's French, isn't she? Maybe she prefers eating at Flunch, who knows? And Otter's. We well, you wouldn't really coat a baguette with otters, would you? And me, I hope. See, previous point about otters, though. <laughs> Confiture du framboise. I had a bite, and it tasted a bit like raspberry jam to me. Didn't get what the fuss was about. I did, however, enjoy my croque monsieur. Essentially, it's like a cheese and ham toasty, but done in a French style. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, it's like a cheese and ham toasty, but done in a French style. What you lose in Worcestershire sauce, you make up for in a higher quality ham. C'est parfait. The glorious sunlight shone on Céline's face. This reminded me of the warm glow she gives me. Like she is the sun, and I am her face. She gave me a smile. She was really enjoying her baguette. It was as if the pain (laughs) from the hotel's iron steamy hot kiss were a mere memory. All the stress, like the small patch of skin on the side of her left hand, had melted away. In fact, (laughs) it didn't take me all that long to laugh about it. (laughs) After this late lunch, Celine and I got caught up in an anti-vaxxer protest, but the less said about that, the better. Again, I came to the rescue and got us out of there. Or rather, Pierre, I'm assuming that's what his name was, he's French, isn't he? Our chauffeur (laughs) Dubert got us out of there. 15 euros seemed reasonable. Back near the hotel, I found a charming little bar, and I was delighted to find that they served my absolute favourite drink of all time in the whole wide world a whiskey sour. <laughs> Despite this being one of the best drinks in the history of mixology, it always astonishes me how hard it is to find a bar where I can actually buy one. Yeah. Many a time I've been turned down by a bartender when I've asked for my signature whiskey sour. <laughs> The whiskey sour is the perfect drink to help get the creative juices flowing, and me and Saline set to work writing our memoirs. We didn't make much progress, and I have to admit that I am to blame for that one. I was too distracted by an incredibly good-looking gentleman at the bar. No, not in that way. He was cool and refined, and I'm convinced that he was none other than Ben Miller. Yes, that's right. The Ben Miller. (laughs)
0: You're joking, George.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's right. The Ben Miller. I wanted to go over and say something, but something was holding me back. What if it wasn't actually Ben Miller? What then? Well, I can charm my way out of the situation if needs be. I can just wing it language-wise. Celine wasn't particularly encouraging either, but I think this was simply because she didn't know who Ben Miller was. A solution came to me. Another drink. Another drink would give me both the perfect excuse to approach Ben Miller and the requisite Dutch courage required to speak to Ben Miller. I steeled myself, then casually sauntered over to the bar. Je voudrais un whisky sour, s'il vous plaît. Eh, another whisky sour pour mon ami, here. <laughs> oh, that's very kind of you, replied Ben Miller in English. It had to be him. Don't, Don't mention it, I'm a big fan. Really? Well, thanks a lot, I appreciate that. I have to say, I loved moving wallpaper. What? said Ben Miller. It seems even he doesn't remember the ill-fated ITV sitcom from 2008. I asked for an autograph and Ben Miller obliged, though sadly I can't quite make out the writing on the napkin I asked him to sign. I returned back to Celine, pleased as punch. Another hero I've met that I can cross off the bucket list. After drinks, I was feeling half-cut, bear in mind that I'd been drinking for two, and was in need of a nap. Luckily, we were in the bar around the corner from the hotel, so Comfort and Z's were nearby. Three hours later, we were back out into the Parisian night, and on the hunt of a nice French meal. I can't remember where we ended up, but the Uber only cost a reasonable €9, euro, so it probably wasn't far from the hotel. Oh. I ordered pizza. Can't remember what was on it, nor can I remember the dish my beloved Celine had ordered. But as I ate slice after slice of hot, pizzery goodness, I mused philosophically about Celine and me. With her, I've let my free, spontaneous side out. We've been like a couple of headless poulets chickens. Roaming the French capital. (laughs) But we've always landed on our feet. And things always work out for the best in the end, proving once again that things just always seem to work out well for me. I (laughs) mean us. Leaving the restaurant at around 10pm, Céline and I dived into a nightclub just a block from our hotel and explored the Parisian nightlife clubbing scene. It was a sweaty, sticky world of cheap drinks at Paris prices, glow sticks, and now C'est Musique Soissons (laughs) After exactly an hour, Celine and I were hitting the dance floor, throwing some shapes and kissing with a healthy dose of tongue like a couple of drunken, hormone-infused teenagers. They call it French kissing after all. With all this excitement coursing through our bodies, we clung together and operated like one. We rushed back to the hotel, stripped bare, and showed each other what those tongues really were for. After mutually climaxing, Celine was all ready for bed, whereas I was all fired up and raring to go back out into the city. Like I said earlier, we're like two sides of the same coin, me and Celine, yin and yang, night and day. And this difference was literally a matter of night and day. We agreed on something of a compromise. I'd stay with her, watching over her until she fell asleep. Once she was asleep, I was allowed to head back out on the condition I stayed close to the hotel. Once she was asleep out, I went and it suddenly struck me. How the fuck would she know if I decided to go further afield? I broke the agreement and took an Uber across the city. 33 euros seemed reasonable. The car took me to a charming little spot, just a hop, skip and jump away from the Eiffel Tower. I know there's a lot to be said for exploration, but the familiar is definitely underrated. I found an Irish pub close by and had a pint of the black stuff. I ended up chatting with a couple of locals shortly after settling down. Didn't get to talk to them that much as they suddenly remembered they had to leave and only a few minutes of conversation had passed. But they seemed like a really great couple. I had a couple more pints, topping them up with the good old Bombay Sapphire I'd sneaked out of the room under Celine's nose. Some might wrinkle their nose at the thought of a gin and Guinness, but honestly, I couldn't recommend it enough. After the Irish pub, I thought I'd go for a stroll down the Champs Elysees. But I checked Google Maps and it was miles away. Got an Uber there instead. Asked the driver to keep driving down the Champs to save time. Why stroll when a pleasant drive will suffice? Got him to stop outside the McDonald's. 26 euros seemed reasonable. By this point, the stout and the Bombay Sapphire were well on their way to my urethra. Exuant. Tried to dive in Mackie's for a slash like I usually do in St Anne's Square. For some reason, there was a bouncer on the door. He mumbled something in French, I think, and I gave him a fiver. He let me through. It's funny what you can get done just by flashing a few greenbacks. <laughs> Neck the rest of the Bombay Sapphire straight from the bottle as I waited for my ride back to the hotel. Just as I was stepping out of the car and electronically handing 38 euros over to the driver, my phone lit up like a Christmas tree. It was Celine. She'd woken up suddenly and was anxious to know where I'd gone to. I tried to reassure her that I was just heading into the coffin lift and that I'd be with her soon. There was a little bit of drama back at the room, but I reminded her that it was really all her idea that I go back out into the night and enjoy myself, and the brief tiff soon passed. Before we knew it, we were spooning in our big warm bed. This was another perfect moment, maybe the most perfect part of the holiday. Spending time with Celine was a revelation. We just have a wonderful time together. The course of true love is never plain sailing, but I think we do pretty well in keeping the keel even, and in the end, the love you make is equal to the love you take, in the words of Lennon and or McCartney. Being with Saline makes me a better person, and I think the same can be said vice versa, even though I'm real and she isn't. (laughs) And with that, the warm pull of the soft life once again led me away to sleep once more. Quatrième partie, mercredi. The final day of any holiday is always a bittersweet one. The doom and gloom of returning to the UK hangs over like a dark cloud. Doubly dark when you know you're going to have to pass through London too. It's like the Sunday night before the Monday morning, only worse. It's hard to relax and just enjoy the rest of your time in the locale you've called home for the last few days. But I was determined to carpe that DM and seize the day. Sadly, My hangover had other ideas. I didn't manage to drag myself out of bed in time for the noon checkout. Céline had tried, bless her, to shake some life into me, but there was nothing doing. I got myself showered and sharpened up by about half one. Just threw the clothes into the valise, no time for folding, and made for the reception desk. The good thing about Céline being fictitious was that she didn't actually have to pack a case at all. Though if she did, I'm sure she'd have done it early doors and with due diligence. After settling the late checkout fee, 69 euros, seemed reasonable, I felt that I could do with a little pick-me-up, but the pounding of my brain against the walls of my skull told me that the drink ought to be a soft one. I spent ages looking for a place to buy a drink and came to a realisation about Paris. There's a dozen bars, cafes, restaurants on every street and yet not one single corner shop anywhere. I shared this with Céline, and she disputed this truth. She claimed that there were plenty of Monoprix or Carrefour shops where one could get a bottle of Orangina or some such, not to mention the numerous newsstands, and you could probably get one at a pharmacy or a tobacco if you were lucky. I pretended not to hear her, and mused that maybe it was a good thing that this trip was almost over. We wandered and wandered, wandered the streets, and wondered how to spend our last few hours down by the Seine, Strolling through one of the city's many parks and green spaces, perhaps just finding a quiet little cafe on the corner and soaking in the atmosphere. Celine suggested I take her up the Eiffel Tower, but I reminded her that we'd already checked out of the room. And besides, I didn't half have a hell of a hangover on me. Instead, we found a Burger King's and settled down there. <laughs> I ordered a La Whopper, and Céline had something else off the menu that escapes me now.
0: As we sat
1: in Burger King's, I could feel that I was already starting to miss Paris, even though I was still here. I honestly wish we could have stayed in that Burger King's forever. However, the sands of time only flow in one direction, and pretty soon after polishing off my Whopper, we had to make a move. We did actually consider accidentally missing the return flight, being forced to stay in the city for all time, but we both knew that it was time to say au revoir to that wonderful city the locals call Paris. Reluctantly, I ordered an Uber to Charles de Gaulle Airport. The ride to the airport was bumper to bumper, and it was the surge prices again. We were dropped off at Terminal 2, as that's the Air France Terminal. 97 euros. Seemed reasonable. We walked through the pristine glass and steel into the ultra modern airport, and it was at this point that I remembered that I'd come on the Eurostar. (laughs) Mask, (laughs) face ID, mask, scroll, tap tap, Uber. Oh dear. Oh dear. Another reasonable €97 took Celine and I back to the Coeur de Paris, and just in the nick of time, the train was due to depart Gardenord in literally 15 minutes. We officially debunked the theory that you need to arrive at the appropriate port, whether it be air, sea or rail, hours before international travel. You can just rock up with mere minutes to spare, and so long as you blast through border control and the like, you're good to go. We got through literally as people were boarding the train, but it proves the point I alluded to earlier. We may be running about like headless chickens, but we get where we need to be when we need to be there, even if that does mean arriving really last minute, or even late. Things just seem to have a way of working out for us, or as Plastic Bertrand once put it, Saplan pour moi. Cinquième partie. Epilogue. I boarded the Eurostar and was overcome with a strange feeling. It was as if I was slowly pouring back into myself. It only just dawned on me that celine didn't board the train with me. Yes, I was there when we said our goodbyes. I kissed her for a final time, and yet it was the first time I'd kissed her with any degree of tenderness. I evoked Humphrey Bogart with a romantic final line, ''We'll always have Burger Kings.'' (laughs) And then I disappeared down the travelator and onto the platform. And now I find myself sitting on the Eurostar, bound for London, alone. The more I reflected on the last few days I'd spent here in Paris, the more I realised that I was never really there at all. Physically, I was there. I trawled all those bars and took all of those Uber rides. And of course, I really did buy Ben Miller a whiskey sour (laughs) and shoot the breeze. But psychologically, the reality was that I had taken a vacation from myself. My relatively sensible persona had gone away, and a boozed up, oversexed fool had jumped into its place. <laughs> every cost or energy saving suggestion, every bit of wisdom, every check and balance that Celine had offered was really an echo of the real me, the sensible me, trying to get through. But the sexist, boozy shagger that had taken my place wouldn't listen. I ran to the onboard toilet and was violently sick. <laughs> 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 Up came La Whopper. I felt better, like my insides had been cleansed out. I returned to my seat via the dining car where I'd bought a bottle of Evian, €2.99. nine euro cent. Seemed reasonable. When I got back to my seat, the crisis of confidence was over. Instead of feeling depressed about wasting my holiday, I tried to, as the old song suggests... Accentuate the positive. Of course I'd been to Paris. How else could I explain being on a train back from Paris? And I must have been present in some way as I remembered it all so vividly, clear as crystal. What was the virtue in sitting here in sad, subdued silence? A drink would help settle me down, I thought. I reached into my carrier bag and retrieved the last of the bottles of Bombay Sapphire and mixed myself with gin and mineral water. I took a big old swig and turned to the aisle seat. Céline was there, as I'd expected her to be. I offered her a sip of the cocktail, but she declined. Of course she doesn't drink, does she? She did, however, whisper something erotic into my ear, and before the train entered the Channel Tunnel, I was entering hers in the bogs, where not five minutes (laughs) earlier, the stuffed shirt me was vomiting an anxious vomit. After another extraordinary mutual climax, I left the toilet and returned to my seat. Celine took a post coital piss and waited for the coast to be clear. As I sat down, I unscrewed the cap from the Evion bottle and took a sip. Gah! Foul gear! I waited for Celine to come back, but she never did. Instead, the slow pouring sensation returned. It was like water trapped in the air after a swim. I felt strange, but I felt right again. I felt shame and regret about how I'd been on this trip, about the massive wasted opportunity that it had all been. But I did take a quantum of solace in the fact that I hadn't embarrassed myself in front of too many people. I knew that I had a cautionary tale to share rather than the inane sub musings of an idiot. <laughs> I had the self-awareness to know that I'd squandered a perfectly lovely trip to Paris on overpriced taxis, masturbatory fantasy and too much alcohol. Imagine writing a travel diary like this one and not having this moment of realisation. Not realising that I'd been a complete moron dealing in unbridled arrogance and obvious idiocy. Thank God I wasn't that guy because that guy sounds like a right cunt.
0: Well, I mean, there's a sort of, there were things I was making notes of. I suppose I was thinking of stuff I was going to say to you at the end. But honestly, George, I think you covered it at the end. Um, yeah,
1: I think. See, I'd been thinking about writing this. I've been writing bits of this. This was the the, the 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 memoirs essentially the remnants of the memoirs I was working from. So yeah, I kind of you know I could really get an insight into. What I was like when I was there. I mean, uh, it's it a, was a shocking experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty interesting document of someone's uh, absolute mental breakdown. Yeah, I would say. Mm. Um, I don't think what you did there was normal behaviour by any means. No. Um, although I have been on, when I have been on holiday, I've noticed a lot of people sort of acting in in, in ways. similar to the way you acted so maybe it is more common than we think
1: Hmm. i mean so uh, yeah it's it's i said it in the in the epilogue which was that um i took a vacation from myself in a way yeah i think lots of people do if i were to be you know philosophical there you go
0: a warning a warning to the curious there warning to travelers Um, yeah I haven't got time for any of my other stuff reading now. I've been going for like 55 minutes.
1: Right, that's so, a shame. Um, I was...
0: Yeah, well. It wasn't that good anyway, George. It was pretty yeah. shit. I did it this morning.
1: Last minute job. So. Yeah. Always well, we just wrap up.
0: Yeah, shall we say um, au revoir? Yeah. See
1: what I did. Yeah, so nice.
0: Well, listeners, if you've got um, any of your own travel stories <laughs> <laughs> you can send you can send them to us if you like we might read them we might not mm. uh, the email address is crass podcast is it the crass podcast at gmail.com it's just crass
1: it's just, crass, just podcast. crass podcast my worry with that though i think if they send their stories in they're just gonna be this but without irony aren't they that's that's really what it's gonna be, <laughs> <laughs> it's just all right,
0: gonna be bleak okay. all right okay <laughs> okay don't email that sort of stuff in um <laughs> I'm trying to think of like an example of something they can email in, but like I'm struggling at the moment, so I'll I'll come back to you with that, listeners. Don't email until I've got something you can send in, some sort of suggestion. Yeah. Don't email until I've got a suggestion. It might right? be a
1: few weeks yet before you have a suggestion, yeah. but
0: might not be ever. Might yeah. not be ever, but we'll see. Don't
1: hold your breath, is what we're saying. Um, no. We're on Twitter, aren't we? At the Crass Podcast,
0: and uh, I'm also on Twitter personally at BumbleDoon. That's Bumble D O O N
1: is that it? Well, see you, George. Take care, uh, and to you, yeah. take care, and au revoir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. That's the end of another one.
0: Yeah. <laughs>